Well, hi, everyone. This is Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. We took a week off last week as I was out, and uh, so we are glad to be back with another uh, MGMA podcast where we focus on Ask MGMA or Ask an Advisor. And so we have our resident senior advisor, Christy Good, along with us today. Christy, what is going on? Hi, glad to have you back. <laughs> it's good to be back. It's good to be back. <laughs> I actually disconnected devices and computers and phones from December 1st until like 8 a.m. this morning on December 11th. So that was that was a long time to be away from devices. So uh, that's amazing, yeah. honestly, but probably very healthy. I think probably all I think of us so. should, should do panic. that one time. <laughs> For sure. I did panic uh, when I turned on my computer and then said, oh, yeah, that's a password to get, <laughs> to log in. I'd completely forgotten, but uh, luckily had written it down. So, uh, yeah, if anybody has a chance to take a vacation and disconnect, uh, strongly advise it. It's good, good medicine. So we are here to ask MGMA, ask an advisor today. So, um Christy, here's a question that came in. What is the difference between, oh, well, I should probably cue this up. We have a coding, uh, medical billing and coding question. So here's the question that came in from one of y'all. What's the difference between 90791 and 90792? Do you know if it's allowed to bill a 90792 prior to a 99205? A lot of numbers there. Um, or does the order of codes matter? Before you answer it specifically, Christy, just let's dig into those first uh, couple of codes here. So 99205, what is that? So the 99205 actually represents an E&M service for new patients. Um, and you will need to do that level, which is one of the, it's our highest level. You need a comprehensive history examination and medical decision-making of high complexity. Mm -hmm. The other two codes, the 90791 and the 90792 are actually um, psych uh, behavioral health codes, one of many. Um, and as we know, many primary cares are starting to add behavioral health services um, involved in their practice. So we've been having actually more questions around behavioral health coding, psychiatry, assessment coding, um, this past probably six months. Do we know why that? Is it just because there's been a lot of activity with people get seeking therapy? Is that what's going on there? Or do you know? Possibly that, but also the fact that many primary care are seeing the need to offer those services and have started adding um, people oh. that help patients with those services. That so actually ex extending their service line um, and you know, adding more to their practice to offer so that they can provide across the border what patients are looking for. Right. Thank you for reminding me. We did have a guest on several months ago when you would pro probably know this, but somewhat something changed in CMS. I think some of these codes were added, right? So primary care practices could could offer these. Is that right? Right. There's been a, a number of changes. Um, with helping in that area, along with telehealth and behavioral health. 
which Perfect. we will probably tackle one of these days again. Okay. So you did tee us up. You did say that um, members have been asking about psychiatric assessment coding more and more and more as we were just discussing. So let's uh, dig a little deeper into that. What's first up, what do you, what do you want to share with us about this code or these codes and uh, how this can help our listeners? Sure. Um, well, when we did talk about the 99205, but the 90792, mm -hmm. it represents a psychiatric diagnos diagnosis interview examination or otherwise known as a PDE. Um, and that, that is performed by a licensed mental health provider. Okay. That is different than the 90791, which would not be provided by a, a licensed health provider. We can go a little more into detail about that. Yeah, if you don't, yeah, well, tell us that then. So when you're talking about licensed mental health providers, who all fa falls under that category, just so people know, you know who they can work with in these different um, situations? Sure. On the 90792, a licensed health provider would be your um, licensed clinical social worker, your licensed professional counselor, so LPC, your licensed mental counselors, which is LMHC, licensed marriage family therapist. I think that probably surprises many. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's an LMFT. Mm -hmm. Clinical psychologist, so a PhD or a PSY, like a psych D, mm -hmm. and a psychiatrist, which would be an MD. Okay. And, and then, then, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask, if you're going to work with that 90792 code, what does it require? Just lay that out for us. Sure. So on that one, um, you have to have a complete medical and psychiatric history. That includes past, family, and social. Um, you need a mental status examination, an establishment of an initial diagnosis for why they're being seen, the evaluation of the patient's ability and capacity to respond to treatment, the initial plan of treatment, um, and you can report, it can be reported once per day and not on the same day as an ENM service provided by the same provider for the same client. So we talk about how you can do a 99205 with a 90792 later here. I'll go over that, but it cannot be done by the same provider. And that is the key. They have to be two separate instances if you're going to do both an ENM and this 907. Uh, nine two or even a nine one. So you mm -hmm. do need to make sure that um, you're following correct coding and documentation for this code. Um, they're also covered once on the outset of illness, the nine oh seven nine two. So those are kind of the key. It adds this code adds a medical assessment or physical exam component to the evaluation of the client, um, and that's where you have to have a licensed professional. So those are the key to this code, um, which is different than the 90791. Okay. Um, let's dig a little deeper into it just so we can really clarify what's needed here. So um, you were talking about diagnostic evaluation. Let's talk about that. What's the sure. duration of time? Give us some time elements here and how this can be built. Anything else you want to share from that perspective? Sure. Um, 
there for this code uh diagnostic evaluation it's not this this one is not coded by time but you do need to note um what how long your session was with the patient for so how long you're performing your services it's not the duration of the visit but it's how long you're performing your services oh. and this code does require a minimum of 60 minutes up to 120 minutes of time to render an exhaustive diagnostic interview and examination on the patient's mental health um, in order to build that code. Okay. Well, what happens if you are not performing a medical evaluation uh, in this situation? W what happens then? Anything else there? Yeah. If you're not performing a medical evaluation as you would in a 90792, um, because you're not licensed to do so, okay. uh, you would use the CPT code 90791 instead. And that code applies to all non-medical or non-MD mental health providers, such as the ones we mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. um, this one is used for diagnostic evaluation of new behavioral health concerns or an illness or treatment upon a new client. So you can typically bill the 90791 for the initial intake appointment a client may have. Um, it's usually considered a routine outpatient appointment. So typically no authorization is required. And um, you do have to watch for, you know, exemptions. You may have to get a, uh, not all plans uh, um, may pay for this or, or support it without one. So you really have to check the plan that you're working with, but most do not require it. And with the 90791, you really need to do 16 minutes at length minimum, up to 90 minutes of late length of maximum before using an add-on code to the session. Okay, okay. Well, I have a couple more questions before we sign off. And I did wanna ask you, this is not part of the questions I was gonna ask, but this is just a side note here, not to put you on the spot here, but are you planning to publish a, a checklist, a toolkit, anything there? Because I know you're covering so much ground here. And if I were driving in a car, my head might be spinning <laughs> if you're saying all of this. So um, maybe our listeners have much better memories than I do. Is there anything that will be written down where people could just refer to it? Or Yeah, well, I'll make I was going to work on a little kind of checklist like I did for a modifier that we did right. earlier this year. Um and then I know we'll have some of this linked to our podcast for those people, because I too am very visual. Yeah. I need to read it versus just listen to it. So we will have something written out to go along with a podcast and then a quick little um, checklist. And then we'll also link to some resources, um, the CMS outpatient coding guide sheet and the mental health um, psychiatry and psychotherapy from Noridian will be linked which are really great resources because again, you're not gonna remember a 90791 versus a 90792 unless you're doing it all the time. Right. And then there are keys to when you use, when you can build a 99205 with it or not. And when do you need to use a modifier? So there's lots of little nuances that go along with coding in general. For sure, that is so cool. Okay, so two questions for you and then we'll get out of here. But first one, Hopefully this is just clear as a bell. <laughs> what is the key to billing? What what do our listeners need to do to get this just nailed down? Yeah, that's a great question. 
So the key to filling an E&M visit and a psych evaluation in the same visit is to ensure that the services are provided that provided under each code are distinct and separate. So both need to be performed independently in order to bill a 99205 and a 90791 or 92. Um, if the, the psychiatric diagnostic evaluation, the 90792, is performed on the same day as a significant separately identifiable E&M visit or service, you may need to add a modifier. Okay. Um, that's usually a modifier 25 that mm -hmm. we would use with the 99205 um, because that helps indicate that the E&M service was a distinct and separate identifiable service from the psychiatric eval. I know I have a, also a checklist that we can add to this on the modifier 25, I believe, that we did okay. earlier too. So we can add that to this podcast. Okay, that's awesome. Last question then. I will let you get out of here because I know you've got some coding analysis to do over there. <laughs> um, does sequence matter? Uh, so usually the sequence um, for the codes are in the correct order on the form typically include listing the primary E&M first, followed by the psychiatric um, evaluation code. But you definitely need to make sure um, you are checking with your payers. Um, sometimes there are specific guidelines and requirements that are needed for billing, and some might have specific rules or restrictions on billing certain services together. So you really need to check your policies. And for me, I always say, if you're getting denials on this, you need to look into it to figure out why you're getting those denials and correct it immediately. Because there's something going on or if the payer's denying for some reason and you feel you're doing everything correct, you need to have a conversation because you didn't, you do not want to have a bunch, do all your work and then get it denied. So, and then lose money. Mm -hmm. So you need to look at that and, and make sure that you're in agreement with your payer's guidelines. Okay. That is amazing. So let's do as we always do with this ask MGMA episode Provide um, ways in which our listeners can get in touch with you. Sure. We have our online web, and, web um, site where you can click on the little green button and it says Ask MGMA and you can send a message to myself or many of our other departments at MGMA depending on your question um, or your where you need help. Um, or you can email advisor at mgma.com and i'd be happy to help answer any questions or get, find you the help that you need okay and just a reminder to everyone uh christy and i had put out there if someone did want to perhaps down the road even appear on the show with us and ask the question live um we can do that we've had several people reach out to us so we're gathering that information again um that email that Christy said was it's advisor at mgma.com. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And if you do just want to appear on the show as an MGMA member and be in that member spotlight podcast, email me D Williams at mgma.com. I will put uh, those email addresses, um, any other information, links, etc., cetera, um, in the episode show notes. So Christy, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. 
All right. That is going to do it for this episode of Ask MGMA with Christy Good. I'm Daniel Williams. Thanks for being a listener to the MGMA Podcast Network. Most physicians don't have the opportunity to learn the business of medicine. What docs don't get taught, physician business training is a course developed by MGMA and administrators from Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. This interactive course provides in-depth physician business training that can drive personal and organizational success. Purchase now for yourself or your organization at physicianbusinesstraining.com and earn eight hours of CME credit. Again, go to physicianbusinesstraining.com to purchase and to learn more.